0: Hello everyone and welcome to God's Word for Life. This is episode number eight. This is a lesson companion podcast. So for those of you who are Word of Flame curriculum customers, we invite you to turn in your living word summer 2020. Turn to lesson number two intended for June 14th, 2020 and the lesson entitled, God Hears Elijah's Prayer. For those of you who are not Word of Flame Curriculum customers, we invite you just to grab your Bible, sit back, and let's dive into God's Word together. Well, before we look at the text for today's lesson, I was recalling a testimony I had heard personally from a pastor, local pastor here in the St. Louis area, Back in 2019, there were some areas here in St. Charles County that were flooding. One of our pastors has uh, his home right in, uh, right next to a floodplain, and over the several weeks, the water just kept rising and rising till it looked like one of our highways was going to be completely underwater. But I was listening to this pastor talk, and they were worried about their home, and they had been evacuated from their home. It looked almost certain that floodwater was going to reach it and possibly uh, damage their belongings and ruin their home, just like it had already many in during that time. But the pastor's wife began praying, praying for her home, praying that God would protect their home. And as waters rose all around them, I saw a photo that the pastor shared, a little map photo. And the height of the water, when the water was at its highest, all around their home was wet and practically underwater. But there was almost a ring of dry ground around their home. And God heard that pastor and his wife's prayer, and God protected their belongings. And as we look at this lesson today, just as God heard Elijah's prayer, He hears the prayers of those he calls to watch over his people. Let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 and let's look at this lesson God hears Elijah's prayer. Well, our text for today is 1 Kings chapter 17 and we'll begin at verse 17. So, 1 Kings 17, verses 17 through 24. Follow along in your lesson manual or your student workbook or follow along in your Bible. Verse 17 says, And it came to pass after these things, that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? And he said unto her, Give me thy son. And he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, thy son liveth. And our focus verse is verse 24. And the woman said to Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. This passage we're reading from, we talked last week about the story of Elijah and this very widow in the midst of a famine, and Elijah showed her, through him, the power of God, sustaining her and her son, providing for them in the midst of the famine. The Apostolic Study Bible tells us of this passage that Zarephath, where this widow was from, was a small Phoenician town. Jezebel, who was in power at the time, Jezebel and Ahab, Jezebel was a Phoenician princess, and she exported her religion to Israel. Ironically, Elijah had now traveled to the heart of the worship of Baal, where Baal worship uh, basically had its roots. And there is where we find the center of Baalist worship, was experiencing the same drought as Israel was experiencing. This widow woman apparently recognized Elijah's allegiance to Jehovah for she used virtually the same expression, that expression, as the Lord thy God liveth, same expression Elijah used to warn Ahab of the coming drought. And in doing this, she expressed belief in the existence of Jehovah, in the existence of God. This is where we find Elijah, we find her with this uh, widow woman and he has already allowed God to work a miracle through his ministry to provide for them in the midst of the famine and showed them uh, that God would sustain them and God was with him. But on the very tail end of this, at the very tail end of this incredible miracle and the power of God uh, being evident in through Elijah and in this woman's life, the woman's son falls sick and stops breathing. In a sense, we get this idea that he's he's passed away. And so that has happened, and now we see this is where our text is at. And let's look at 1 Kings 17, verse 17 through 18 first, and I have a question I want to ask about this. But it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick, and his sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him. And watch what the widow says. She said to Elijah, what have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son? You you can imagine what this woman must have been facing. Uh, She trusted this man. She trusted Elijah. She had seen God work through this man, Elijah, this prophet, and she was trusting but then all of a sudden things turned bad and now her son appears to have passed away and she begins to ask Elijah, this prophet, why why are you here? What, what's what's the meaning of all this? What What have I to do with you? I want to ask you, are you trusting of the leadership God has placed over you? Are you trusting of the leadership God's placed over you? I want to challenge you to trust the leadership in your life, even in disappointing times. We must remember that the leaders, the pastors that God has put over our life, they aren't perfect. They are men and women, fallible men and women who uh, make mistakes. They they don't do the right thing at all times, but nobody does. Receiving the Holy Ghost doesn't make you perfect. It gives you the power to overcome sin and to live a righteous and a godly life but it doesn't make you perfect. If if the leadership in your life has proved faithful and compassionate and led by the Spirit, then pray for and be trusting of that leadership. Don't write them off if they make a mistake or they say something that you don't quite agree with. Instead, be trusting of them. Now, in this day and age, I know it, it doesn't take much for a lack of trust to permeate inside of us when it comes to leadership in our lives. But let that not be the case when it comes to spiritual leadership. If God has placed that individual over your life, called them to pastor you, to lead you, to direct you, then be trusting of them. Yes, even when they make mistakes, be trusting of them. I'm not talking about a leader that goes off the deep end and a leader that contradicts god's word and a leader that speaks ill of of uh, truth and righteousness but i'm talking about the majority of the leaders that you're sitting under the majority of the pastors the overwhelming majority of the pastors in your life they are worthy of being trusted they're not perfect but they're worthy of being trusted this woman asked elijah what what in a sense, she said, what have I to do with the amount of God? But there was a, there was a lack of, should I, can I really trust you? I, I've tried trusting you, but now I'm disappointed. Can I continue to trust you? Why is this happening? So I want to ask you, are you trusting of the leadership God has placed over you? If they're being faithful, if they're being compassionate, if they're being led by the Spirit, if they're trying to walk a life that's worthy of being trusted, then be trusting of them the second let's look at this other passage continue on verses 19 through 21 and elijah said to her give me your son and he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed and he cried unto the lord and said o lord my god hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom i sojourn by slaying her son and he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, I pray thee, let this child's soul come into him again. This is the heart of a spiritual leader and pastor right here. I I know you don't quite understand, and you don't quite get Elijah saying to the woman, I don't quite quite understand, but let me have your son. Trust him with me. And Elijah took this young man, took him aside, hid him in a room and laid himself across this child three times and interceded for him. Interceded for him to the point where life came back into his body. Let me ask you this question. Will you intercede for your pastor because he or she intercedes for you? You may not see it. You may not see it because very often your pastor hides himself or herself in their room and intercedes on your behalf very often. You might not see it. You might just see them out front. You might just see them behind a pulpit. You might just see them behind a podium. You might just see them uh, on a Sunday or a midweek. Or you, you you probably don't see them hid off in their room, hidden off in their room, interceding. But I want you to know that someone's praying for you. That whether you know it or not, that leader that God's placed over you, prays for you quite often. So will you intercede for your pastor? Because he or she is interceding for you. Look at the next few verses. 1 Kings 17. Look at verses 22 through 24. Verse 22, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived and Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into the house and delivered him unto his mother and Elijah said see thy son liveth and the woman said to Elijah now by this I know that thou art a man of God and that the word of the Lord Is in thy mouth that the word Lord in thy mouth is truth. Do you stand in support of your pastor? Do you support and defend your pastor? It, It doesn't seem like that should be a question that should be asked, but I've been around enough to recognize and I've been in conversations and I've heard people express ill towards their pastor i've heard them express things against the leadership that's in their life and something in me cringes i i i understand i i understand that in disappointment and in frustration and um in in certain situations that that can come out I, i understand where it comes from but it must not be that that kind of thing is expressed and given voice to, because God has put that spiritual leadership in your life, and we ought to support and not just support, but defend. Again, we have to remember these leaders put in our life. Your pastor is not perfect; he or she is a human being, and will make will make mistakes just like you will and just like I will. But let me tell you this, God will confirm the ministries of those whom he calls. He will confirm it. Your pastor's preaching will see results. His or her prayers will be heard because God hears the prayers of those whom he calls, of those whom he places in leadership over us, God hears their prayers. Yes, God hears our prayers. Your prayers are heard when you pray. God hears your prayers. But I also want you to remember, because we're talking about the, the spiritual leadership, in, as we as we look at this devotion through this through this text here today from this lesson. We need to remember God hears the prayers of those he places in leadership over us. Spiritual leadership over us. So do you stand in support of your pastor? Do you defend them when voices might say something against him or her? Do you defend? Because you're defending the spiritual leadership God has placed in your life. We must have that kind of leadership in our life. We each need a pastor. I might be talking to somebody here today whom you are a pastor, but you recognize even as a pastor yourself that you need a pastor. You recognize that you need someone in leadership over you who can speak into your life and give you some direction and and help you in understanding certain things. We all need a pastor. So we must support and defend that leadership that God places in our lives. Here's a couple calls to action for this week as you maybe revisit this passage and pray over it, and meditate on it, and think about this role that the prophet had in this widow's life and how it applies to your life. First of all, first action for this week I want you to make sure you pray every day this week for your pastor and their family. You probably do this from time to time, but I want, let's let this week. Be a week of focus. Every day this week, you take time and pray for your pastor. Intercede for your pastor and their family. Lift them up to the Lord because they're doing that on your behalf. And then the second one, send him or her a message of encouragement this week. Maybe it's a phone call. Maybe it's a text. Maybe it's mailing a physical card. But send them a message of encouragement this week. Let them know you stand with them and let them know you support them and let them know you defend them. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for the godly men and women you've placed in our lives. Because there have been times where every one of us we have needed a word. We've needed to hear from you. And when we pray or when we read your word, there are times you do speak to us. You speak to us often. But we can I can, I can never be thankful enough for those times where I have sat in a wilderness time of my life or in a time of needing to make a decision and I didn't know what to do. But that leader you put in my life, my pastor, he spoke a word and it was just exactly what I needed because that's your plan. You've placed that pastor over my life for a reason and I thank you for it, Lord. And we call you to be a strength and a help to our pastors right now that you would lift them up, that you would encourage, and that you would strengthen them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to God's Word for Life Lesson Companion Podcast, where together we explore what it means to live out God's Word in our lives. If you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast. And if you are looking for other Bible study tools and resources to encourage you in your walk with God, visit us today at PentecostalPublishing.com.